supposed to be ready. Oh, thank you. Did I have some lint? No, you don't. No, no. We like you. <laughs> Pardon me. I, I, I get dry. always have. So I'm going to have this handy. And as I said earlier, don't expect me to dress up every Sunday. <laughs> this is I'm doing it special for you. Well, thank you. Do I? Ah. Good place. I was looking for a bottle of water at home, but I didn't find it, so I brought some green tea. Yeah, this should be okay. All right. Well, and I'm not sure how well the slides are going to work. Uh, maybe not all the features of this particular PowerPoint will come through. It's all right. It'll, it'll be just fine the way it is. Here we go. If the world needs saving, then who are you going to call? All right, let's use the words of Ray Parker Jr. Remember this from 1984? If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. If there's something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. A little more enthusiasm. Ghostbusters. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> well, anyway, if our world needs saving, then we can call on superheroes like the Ghostbusters and or Spider-Man or Bat or Batman or my personal favorite Superman. But why a superhero? Because silly, everyone knows that. Uh, they're in the business of saving the world. Now, in thinking about superheroes, we think of characters that are larger than life. I mean, after all, they, they can bend steel, they feel no pain, they see through walls, bullets bounce off their, bounce off their chest, uh, villains cringe at their presence, and they leap tall buildings on a single bound. They are, after all, Superheroes. Now, in describing superheroes, there are certain words that we would not use. Words like foolish, weak, lowly, despised. After all, if the world needs saving, then we want someone who is brilliant, powerful, noble, and admired. But folks, make no mistake about it. This world, our world, needs saving. Listen, when God created the world, it was beautiful, innocent, sinless. It was absolutely a perfect paradise. But because our first parents disobeyed God and rejected his prohibition, as punishment, their sin, and for that matter, ours, uh, God brought brought a curse on man's life and on his world. So now the curse of sin dominates our world through war, pain, pestilence, hatred, disease, uh, suffering, selfishness. The list could go on and on and on. To say the least, our world is broken and in desperate need of a savior. But think about it. 
What a strange way to save the world. You'd think God would send a superhero. Or, okay, maybe not, not someone necessarily who wears uh, blue tights and a red cape, but at least, at least someone who is powerful and charismatic. Someone able to crush his enemies and keep on smiling. <laughs> this was the kind of hero that we would have chosen to save our world. But apparently, that's not how God does things. In fact, in Isaiah 55, 8, God shows the contrast between how he does things and how we do things. Look at it with me. The, the Lord God said this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So then rather than send into our world a powerful hero, God sent a helpless baby. And it's time for me to find the stool. All right. Stay. Uh, yes. Again, God sent a helpless baby. What a strange world, way to save the world. But then God has always done things that seem to some people a little bit strange, perhaps even a little backwards. To see what I mean, I'd like you to open your Bibles to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll be reading verses 27 through 31. It would be the main text for today's uh, Christmas devotional, but we'll be looking at other verses as well. So follow along uh, in your Bibles, follow along, uh, as I read, but I want you to notice the four key words in this passage. You ready? Okay, here we go. Verse 27. But God chose the foolish things, that's one, of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no, no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. But now who do you suppose Paul had in mind when he was writing this description? Well, let me put it this way. Whatever is true of the master is often true of his disciples. In this passage of scripture, Paul is saying that both Christ and his disciples uh, are viewed by the world viewed as foolish, four, four descriptions, foolish, weak, lowly, and despised. Why? Simply because according to verse 30, we are in Christ Jesus. And that is a powerful statement in itself. We are in Christ Jesus. And because we're in Christ, 
Jesus said in John 15 and 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. So in whatever way the world shows contempt for us, as seen in this passage of scripture, remember that it all began with their contempt for Christ. According to the world, Jesus was anything but a superhero. <laughs> Folks, the Son of God came into this world as a helpless baby, yes. But he grew up to be a, a humble carpenter. And then he became a noted rabbi. And he was later executed for crimes that he did not commit, being crucified on a Roman cross. But even after being raised from the dead, Jesus was not applauded by the world as a conquering hero. Still, this was God's way of saving the world. Once again, what a strange way to save the world. But folks, it's the only way that would work. As we continue in this Christmas devotional, let's explore God's strange plan for saving the world. Based on this passage, 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 31, we're going to consider four reasons why God sent Jesus rather than a superhero to save the world. First, while the world looks for superheroes who are brilliant, Jesus was looked down upon as foolish. That first word in, that, in our passage, Jesus was looked down upon as foolish. Vaporous apparitions were no match for the brilliance of Dr. Peter Vickman and the other Ghostbusters who figured out how to trap these spirits in a high voltage holding device. But by contrast, Jesus was considered less than brilliant when he allowed himself to be crucified, dying for the transgressions of a cynical world that mocked him because they hated him. Earlier in this chapter of 1 Corinthians 1, notice what Paul wrote in verse 18. Look at it with me. For the message of the cross is foolishness. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now look down at verse 25. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. Of course, God used, could have used man's way to save the world. But listen, it would, would not have worked. It would not have worked. Foolish as it seemed. Nothing but the self-sacrificing act of a loving Savior could redeem us from the penalty of our sins. And for that reason, Paul said in verse 23, we preach Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm sure you've noticed in your bulletin uh, that that's a, a church motto, I guess. 
We preach Christ crucified. That was one of the first things I noticed in the bulletin. We preach Christ crucified. Well, second, while the world looks for superheroes uh, who are powerful, number two, Jesus was looked down upon as weak. Now, when I was a boy, my superhero was Superman. <laughs> Before the uh, the weak attempts of Christopher Reeve or Dean Cain or even uh, Brandon Ralph, there was George Reeves in glorious black and white TV <laughs> back in the late 50s. These days, looking back at old reruns, George Reeves looks a little bit flabby for a Superman, but in my young mind, he was all-powerful. I loved watching Superman on TV. The power of Jesus, of course, is not in his arms and hands, although he was a carpenter, he was very strong, but his real power, Jesus's real power, was spiritual power. Zechariah 4.6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. This is the power that can save a man's soul and change his life, and that is spiritual power. Listen, the world is utterly mystified by the power of God that can transform a rowdy teenager into a successful student or a convicted criminal into a model citizen, or even a good person into a godly yeah, person. Yeah. Now remember in verse 25 that Paul said, the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And it was at the cross of Calvary that God's weakness, it was at the cross of Calvary that God's weakness was proven to be super powerful, spiritually powerful. Again, for that reason, Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. Well, third, while the world looks for superheroes who are of noble birth, Jesus was looked down upon as lowly. Now, the caped crusader, Batman, was secretly Bruce Wayne, who was fabulously wealthy, uh, living in a huge mansion and bat cave somewhere nearby. I don't know, maybe it was <laughs> under the mansion. I don't know where it was. But anyway, his bat car could drive out of that door. Remember that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, and because of that, Bruce Wayne was very influential in Gotham City. But notice what Paul said. We're still in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Notice what Paul said in verse 26. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Noble birth. And further down in verse 28, he, God, God chose the lowly things of this world 
to be sure God cho chose to give his one and only son a lowly birth. Not a birth befitting his exalted position as the king of glory. The prophetic, uh, the, the prophecy of Christ Jesus back in Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 the prophecy says this, for unto us a child is born. It, it begins there, Christmas. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign. Christ will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this yet to happen in the future but it, it begins on christmas day which unto us a child is born nevertheless this child king was born in a feeding trough in a livestock barn to a poor couple in spite of his humble beginnings jesus's influence would reach the entire world touching countless lives for 2,000 years and beyond. And as verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, folks, the Bible says, there will be no end for all eternity in heaven. Philippians 2, 10 and 11 says, the, the day is coming, and I believe it soon, it says the day is coming when at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so for that reason, Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. I'm getting us sit, please. We're not being recorded, are we? Nobody's even going to see this, but you folks. <laughs> Superheroes shouldn't be the <laughs> Wow, David. <laughs> I think you got a point there, though. All right, fourth, and the last of the four uh, key words. Fourth, while the word world looks for superheroes who were admired, Jesus was looked down upon as despised. Uh, another super, superhero I could mention is Spider-Man or maybe even Wonder Woman. Well, actually, all superheroes were heroes, greatly admired, greatly admired. But now getting back to Isaiah, there's another prophecy this one's in chapter 53, verse 3, and it says about Jesus that Jesus was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar 
with suffering, like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. How did the crowd, how did the crowd answer Pilate when he asked them, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? How did they answer Pilate? Crucify him. Crucify him. He was despised. Jesus was. And yet that very day, Christ Jesus willingly went to the cross to die for their sins and for ours. Again, folks, for that reason, Paul declared, proclaimed, we preach Christ crucified. Folks, listen, because of our sins, God could have either destroyed the world or even disregarded the world as if he didn't care. But instead, folks, he brought salvation to the world. For God so loved the world God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Again, what a strange way to save the world. Of course, if it had been up to us, we would have chosen a superhero, someone who was brilliant, powerful, noble, and admired, but God had a much better plan. His plan was born out of a heart of great love. God so loved the world, a love that this world cannot understand, much less appreciate. God gave his one and only son, who was looked down upon, as being foolish, weak, lowly, and despised, allowing Jesus to be crucified for the sins of a cynical, hateful, mocking world. What a strange way <clears throat> to save the world. Let's pray. <clears throat> Loving and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son down from heaven, down into our world. And even though the message of the cross is absolutely foolishness to those who are perishing, but those of us who are being saved, it is truly the power of God, the power to transform lives, including our own. Thank you, Lord, for showing the power of your love on our behalf. Thank you for Jesus. But Father, especially on this Christmas morn, when we think of family and friends, our hearts go out to those who are still perishing. Open their hearts, Lord, we pray. 
that they may feel your love. Open their ears that they may hear the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And open their ears that they may hear this message. And open, Lord, I also ask that you would open our mouths that we may share this wonderful good news with a world that is perishing without Christ. And it's in his precious name, holy name that we pray. Amen.